We do it every minute of every day, but we hardly ever think about it. Everybody does it openly and publicly in front of everyone, but it's rarely openly or publicly discussed. We rarely miss it, but when it's gone, we've lost everything. I'm talking about breathing. Without it, without the breath of life, we have no life. So why is it that it goes so unnoticed and unappreciated? Because that's the way we are with things that are so critical and important to life. The things that are most essential are often the things that are most unremarkable and unremarked on. Orson Scott Card, in his famous book, The Speaker for the Dead, said, This is how we humans are. We question all our beliefs, except for the ones that we really believe and those we never think to question. The same is true of breath, of breathing, and the same is also true of the Holy Spirit. Now, Lutherans are often accused of not talking nearly enough about the Holy Spirit. There are certainly other church bodies, Pentecostals, who talk about the Spirit all the time. What the Spirit is doing, what the Spirit is doing in you, what the Spirit is going to do next, and what the Spirit is doing in the world and in the church. But there is no life without the Spirit. There is no good without the Spirit. And there is no faith without the Spirit. So in a great many ways, the Spirit is like breathing. We don't talk about the Spirit because the Spirit is everything. Without the Spirit, there would be no ability to talk at all. Each Sunday when we gather together, we recite our Christian faith, what binds us to Jesus, what gives us hope and salvation and enables us to live lives of service towards others because God has first served us in Jesus Christ. And in the third article of the Creed, each and every week we say that the Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. Life is what God is truly all about. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. In the very beginning, when the very first human being was formed by God, the Lord formed him from the dust of the ground. And at that point, he was a man of clay. But then God sent into his nostrils the breath of life. The word in Hebrew is literally the spirit. And it was the spirit that took that inanimate group of molecules of dirt and made them a living being, someone capable of emotions and reason and logic, and even capable of disobedience. Just as God breathed life into the first human by the Spirit, so too does he breathe new life into us by the new Adam, who is Christ. The first man became a living being, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, his great chapter about the resurrection. But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. 
And who is the last Adam, if not Jesus, the one crucified for us and raised from the dead, who on his resurrection encounter with his disciples breathed on them the same spirit that he breathed out at his very last from the cross. The problem is that we are used to life. Life is often no big deal until it's gone. We especially here in the West are so used to having hospitals and doctors and police services that protect us that we don't think about life until it suddenly is taken away. We are too often guilty of thinking of life the way William Shakespeare wrote about it, as a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Is that true? Is that what you believe? It ought not to be if you are the ones who confess that it is the Holy Spirit who is the Lord and giver of life. Our regular human life in this world and eternal life in the world to come. And there is no good without the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that enables any good that we see in the world to exist. James in his epistle writes that every, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift. The gift of beautiful summer days. The gift of wonderful flowers and new birth of greenery all around us. The gift of our heart pumping within our own chest. The gift of children when God gives them to us. The gift of the animals that we come to love, whether they are outside our homes or even inside them sleeping on our own beds sometimes. Anything alive is a gift from God and all things good come from the Spirit. Jesus had a young man come to him once and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus immediately said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, as Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, gives them all sorts of analogies of how it is that God gives good gifts to us. He says, You give good gifts to your children, right? If your son or daughter comes to you and asks for an egg, are you going to give them a scorpion? If they ask for a fish, are you going to give them a rock? And then he says this to his disciples, to the ones who've given up everything to follow him, and no doubt in their mind are thinking that they are the good ones. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Christians are often asked, what's going to happen to non-Christians in the world who've done an awful lot of good? Isn't God going to give them credit for all the good that they've done? Why would He give them credit for the very things He has done through them? You don't get give credit to somebody else for your own work. Everything good done in the world, knowingly or unknowingly by people, is in fact the work of the Spirit, because there is no good without the Spirit. 
Sadly, the world wants to believe that somehow they can live in a spirit-free existence. Somehow they can get rid of all the spirits in them and just live a life in the here and now. Well, Jesus has words of warning for them as well. He says, people have some spirit in them, whether clean or unclean. And if it's an unclean spirit and it's gone out of a person, that unclean spirit passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Everyone is spiritual. It's just a question of which spirit. But the Holy Spirit is at work. Everywhere you see good being done, everywhere you see right being spoken of, everywhere you see justice upheld, everywhere you see the widowed and the fatherless being looked after, where you see people not oppressing each other, but holding one another up, where you see people putting the best construction on others' behaviors instead of slandering and libeling them. Everywhere you see that, you see the spirit. And you who are Christians, Know this for a fact, even if the world does not. The world too often, like breathing, simply assumes good and stands in wonder when they see evil things happening. Oh my goodness, how could God allow this evil to happen? Those are the places where God lets us do our thing. The miracle is all the places where we see Good fighting back against evil. There would be no good without God and no good without the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And where you and I see life and good, we Christians see the Spirit. Even if the world takes it for granted and only complains when the Spirit seems to be not doing the Spirit's thing. But the greatest gift of all the gift that is greater than life in this world, the gift that is even greater than the good in this world is the gift of faith in God itself. Without the spirit, there is no faith. And without faith, there is no hope. And without hope, life crumbles or at least becomes nihilistic and purposeless. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. In the same way that we don't talk about breathing all the time, because that would get very boring. We don't talk about the spirit all the time. And yet every time we gather here, there isn't a word that comes out of our mouth or my mouth. There isn't a word that we sing. There isn't a word that we speak that is not brought up out of us by the same spirit that has given us new birth and new life in Jesus Christ. Everything that happens in here, Sunday after Sunday, Thursday after Thursday, is the work of the spirit. We just may not talk about it all the time because it is so ever-present. And nothing happens without it. In the third article of the creed, the church confesses the work of God, the Holy Spirit. 
And when Luther was drawn upon to explain what that means for us, he said, it means I believe I cannot by my own reason or my own strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. And you can say it with me. This is most certainly true. And so every now and then, stop and wonder at the fact that you are breathing. The fact of this gift that you could not live without. Remember that even if you don't talk about it every second, oh, look, I'm breathing. Oh, look, I breathed again. My goodness, I'm going to breathe again in five minutes. Nothing happens without it. And the same is true of the spirit. There is no life in the world. There is no good that is done in the world. And there is no faith amongst Christians, if not for the work of the spirit in our hearts, and not only in our lives, but in the lives of all of creation. Wonder at the spirit that has breathed new life into you, the forgiveness of the cross, and keeps you with Jesus Christ unto eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, who has breathed out the spirit into us. Amen. I invite you to remain seated. Before we turn our attention to our prayers, we are going to dedicate our two new candles that have been provided for us by with Linda and the VPREX here that we are using to glorify our worship. We have actually had them for a while. It just took until this morning for us to actually put them together. Um,